1: Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and we are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And Julie, welcome to today's radio show.
2: Thank you. It's fantastic to be here. We've got some important stuff to go through today, and it's going to be lots of fun and make our listeners lots of money.
1: It's all good. So so today's show was actually inspired by um, one of Julie's coaching calls that she had. And as you guys know, um, you know Julie and I, we personally handle, um, I don't know, what we do three or four hours to personal coaching a day, and we sometimes will have a uh, coach, one of our existing coaches, that wants us to help them start one of their newest clients. And that was the case with this gal in particular that Julie started working with, and Julie's going to do a handful of calls with her, and then she's going to go back to her normal coach. But in any event, and I'm always saying that for the sake of our regular coaching clients who are also our uh, majority of our listeners um you guys know how the process works so the question that this gal had or at least what Julie discovered from asking her a bunch of questions was is she really didn't have any handle on her market stats and you know i had to julie and i kind of kind of take a step aside and think to ourselves you know what it's our fault for not really drilling down with all of you how absolutely critical it is that you know exactly what's happening in your market and there's no better system for knowing what's going on in your market than the MLS. Julie, share with them that, what actually transpired, because it was quite interesting.
2: Yeah, well, absolutely. So the premise of the call was that this particular coaching client was, and I know a lot of you guys can relate to this, she had some great active buyers who were very motivated, they were pre-approved, you know, nothing wrong with the buyers, right? But she kept on writing these offers, and they weren't getting accepted and she was writing a little bit under list but by no means was it a low ball offer okay and so one of the issues was that her one of the buyers kept on saying well i don't want to overpay i don't want to go over list i'm not comfortable going over list so that led to a conversation about in some markets it's actually pretty normal to be a little bit over the list price if you expect to actually buy the house and instead of presenting it as overpaying or going over the list price if you knew that the average list to sell price ratio in the neighborhood that your buyer is looking is actually 102% right now, that makes paying 102% normal if you expect to actually close, which means an offer of 99% could be construed not really as a low ball, but definitely not competitive. Does that make sense to them? I mean, it's kind of it does. convoluted in a way. <laughs>
1: Well, the bottom line is, guys, is there are certain specific numbers that you have to have mastered, and that's what the topic of today's radio show is going to be. But before we get to that, and we're going to share with you, I believe, what those five numbers are, and we're going to tell you exactly how and why you need to know them, um, we have a couple of quick announcements. And what are those announcements, Julie? All
2: right. So first of all, we want to give a big shout-out and words of many congratulations to Mr. Chris Heller, who is the new CEO of Keller Williams. Chris is a great guy, extremely professional, extremely experienced. So all of you KW agents are in good hands with Chris. So congratulations to him.
1: And we also want to thank all of you for making, um, you know, we say it in the intro, but 100,000 regular listeners is a huge milestone for us on this radio show. Help us to get to 200,000 listeners. You know, when we started this radio show, about 18 months ago, uh, we originally had the goal of having 20,000 listeners. Well, quickly shot to 50, and then it went to 75, and now, just at the beginning of this year, it went over 100. So there's no reason why we can't double that within the next six months. And you know, I appreciate the fact that our growth is coming from you guys sharing the radio show. Uh, we can track all of that, you know, and we're seeing that what's happening is you guys are listening to it on one of the you know many syndication sites. And then you're sharing it with your friends, and that's fantastic. You're sharing it on Facebook. You're sharing it on LinkedIn. So a sincere thank you for helping us get the word out about the fact that this is, uh, without a doubt, one of the best real estate markets um, that we'll ever experience in our lifetimes. And guys, remember, if you're not experiencing your own real estate recovery, if you're not already experiencing and feeling like this is going to be your best year ever, it's not too late for you to turn that around. But please understand, if you let a couple more months get by you and you aren't actually in action doing the things necessary to make this your best year ever, you know as well as I do what's going to happen. You're going to start rationalizing it. Well, it'll pick up in the summer. Well, it'll pick up in the fall. And the next thing you know, you're celebrating 2016. Isn't that the way it went last year? So please, do yourself a favor. Do your family a favor. And you need to take responsibility by requesting a free coaching call. Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com free coaching calls for agents.com and hey guys it's a simple process you're literally going to get a 90 minute you know 30 to 90 minute depending on how in depth it goes coaching call where they're going to go through we're going to go through every single aspect of essentially what you are doing well what you need to improve on and where your easiest uh, opportunities to get into action help others and make money are so free coaching calls for agents.com so Julie, let's jump forward let's talk specifically about what are the most important, five or six things that every agent must know, like they know their phone numbers, like they know their social security numbers, like they know their home address. What are those numbers?
2: Mm-hmm. I actually have four major points, but I'm sure in talking we will create, as we usually do, the <laughs> six and sixth bonus points, so that's okay. Um, the first one is the average days on the market for your overall market. So say you live in Dallas, what is the overall days on the market in Dallas as a city? Because that kind of tells you a lot about what's happening, inventory, et cetera. But also, we want to look at this from, and I'm going to do this to all all four or maybe more of our points here. What, why does it matter from a buyer's perspective? Why does it matter from a listing perspective? Well, if you're listing something tonight you wanna know what the average days on the market is in their particular neighborhood. In other words, against the homes that they're competing with, their school district, their neighborhood, what are the average days on the market? Well, why does that matter? And I'm coming across this a lot too. Depending on your market and your seller, the last time they sold a house, you could have any variety of circumstances. Some of your sellers, the last time they sold a house, it was, you know, maybe it was a short sale. Maybe, you know, maybe it was a knock down, drag out, long days on the market, long process. It was horrible for them. And other sellers, maybe the last time they sold a house, it took 22 seconds with 17 offers. So what's their expectation so you got to know what you're walking into because if you screw that up and you don't talk about in your neighborhood Tim you know I've done the comps and I, I can tell you the average days on the market for a home like yours in this school district in this neighborhood is about 60 days so that's where we set our expectation of course my job as your listing agent is to get it sold for you as quickly as possible for the top dollar and make your life as smooth a transition as possible. But we need to know what the market average is so we know what to expect. So now when I list your property and it's on the market for two weeks, you're not killing yourself or me, thinking, well, why in the world don't you have 17 offers in 22 seconds? Because I've set your expectations and you're not really coming unglued too quickly. If you will, okay. well now, yeah, the opposite of that is maybe maybe it is average days on the market of twenty two seconds, and I've got to set your expectations that direction too go ahead
1: so there's an interesting uh, paradox to all of this. Some of you guys are stockpiling these listings that are going to be going active um, you know in like April, and April seems to be everyone 's favorite month to put a house for sale. And, you know, you guys are telling us about your listing leads and these folks that have promised their houses to you. Just a couple quick coaching notes. Number one, you have to get the contract signed. Just predate the contracts so that, you know, in essence, some other realtor can't go in there and swoop in and get the listing from you. So if someone's promised you future business in the form of a listing, get the contract signed now. Please don't make that mistake. Remember, your coach told you that. Um, And number two, you need to really give these sellers some, you know, some market statistical type of advising right now in the last, say, for example, 180 days or in the last 90 days, the average days on the market has been 60 days. In some markets, you guys know, things are selling you know, with essentially no effort almost overnight, and I get that. So you have to, again, recognize that that market is going to ship. There are going to be more houses that are being put for sale. The sellers right now are very much in control in most markets. As they have been for the past, what, five or six springs in a row, it's always been like this at the beginning of the year. And what happens towards the end of the year, the stuff that was overpriced or the sellers that timed it wrong or the vultures that timed it wrong end up basically having their stuff sit on the market through the summer. So if you know the days on the market, and it's, say, for example, 60 days, Mr. Seller, the fact is is that as we wait towards the spring, that days on the market is most likely going to extend, and it could extend quite significantly, because not only you, Mr. Seller, but I'm talking to dozens of other sellers who are all talking about, um, frankly, cashing in on this great seller's market. And, of course, a lot of folks are going to be putting their properties for sale around April. So it makes sense to you and it makes sense for your pocketbook if you put the property for sale now versus waiting 90 days, You know, as again, most sellers are using that as an excuse. Put it for sale now when we have no competition while you're still in control so you can make the most of this killer seller's market. And again, you know, leverage the whole days on the market uh, excuse or use that as an, a reason for them. Mr. Seller, would you rather have the house for sale for say 30 days or less as the market is now? Or typically in the summer, it can be on the uh, market for months, you know, two, three, four, five months, just depending. You want to have, you know, essentially your goal, is, I'm sure the most money in the shortest period of time and the least hassle, well, this plays, having it for sale now and leveraging the fact that we have very low days in the market plays into all three of those desired goals. What's the next point, Jules?
2: Okay, so before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about the buyer side of days on the market. If you're getting ready to write a buyer contract you need to know what is normal for the market versus your subject property, right? So if this has been on the market for massively longer than normal, you might have a little bit more wiggle room on your negotiating. If it's been on the market for one day and the average, you know, is to get 10 offers the first day it's on the market, well, you're going to want to come in higher, aren't you? So you've got to know the facts from both the listing agent standpoint and the buyer's agent standpoint. So let's talk next, Tim, about the list-to-sell price ratio, most agents know what that means, but just to clarify, it's the difference between the list price and what it actually sells for. So if something is listed at 100,000, just to keep the math easy, and it sells for 95,000, will you have a 95% list to sell price ratio. In other words, in that neighborhood, you can expect to negotiate down by about 5% if it's a 95% list to sell price ratio. So why is that important from a listing agent's standpoint? Well, a lot of sellers are going to say to you, I want to price it high so we have room to negotiate. Well, so maybe you price it 5% high and that is commiserate with your marketplace, but you don't want to let them price it 20% high thinking they've got wiggle room. They just won't get any offers at all. Does that make sense, Tim?
1: Absolutely does. And the other thing that's nice about the days in the market, you guys, again, coaching students, I'm preaching to the choir here, but make sure when you're using your pre-listing pack and you're using your... Um, listing presentation, your complete home seller guide, that's where our listing presentation is called, make sure that you um, know the days on the market, and then you can compare your hopefully uh, better days in the market to whatever the MLS is. And uh, most MLSs, you're going to see the days in the market is going to be at least three or four months. Well, if your days on the market is 33 days, that uh, in the mind of the seller is going to be a huge advantage to doing business with you versus any other average agent. so the days in the market again, the list to sell price ratio, those things are really, really relevant and guys be careful because ha- make sure you're using the list to sell price ratio and say for example, you're on a competitive listing uh, you know, and this other agents are not necessarily using the most accurate portrayal of the data. For example, they're using list-to-sell price ratios based on the final list price. That's not really giving the seller true information about the type of uh, market it is. So you'll see agents a lot of times they will go in there and tell sellers, well, in this market, everything sells for you know 97%. Well, the reality of it is it sells uh, 97% after four price changes. So all this little stuff is important so that you can give, yeah, details. And, you know, if the seller is analytical or if they're, you know, mindful of their money, as, you know, hopefully most everyone is, the fact that you guys have a mastery of this data, or at least you have the ability to explain it to them, whereas the other agents just, you know, use the. Uh, you know CMA program and turned out some CMA and mm-hmm. didn't really know how to explain all the ramifications of the numbers. They're going to list it with you because you're going to seem more professional because oh, you are more professional. Jules, what's yeah. the next point?
2: Because professionals know their numbers, <laughs> at least hopefully. Okay, so be a professional. Don't be a hack that doesn't know what's going on. So from a buyer's perspective, knowing the list to sell price ratio. A lot of you guys have buyers that for whatever reason, whether it's cultural or whether it's ego or whatever, maybe too much HGTV and Bravo, I don't know what causes this, but they think that they're supposed to come in and negotiate really hard. And so you figure out based on their alleged offer that they want to come in, that their offer is really only about 87% of list price and assuming the home is priced correctly, then you have a conversation that goes like this. Based on the recent six closings, Homes are closing for about 97% of list price. Your offer is 10% lower than that. I'm curious why a seller would ever even consider an offer like that knowing the numbers. Now, you don't want to actually buy the home, right? We're not just going to try and negotiate because these are public record. This is the listing agent knows it, the seller knows it, and your offer is 10% lower than what could be expected. So why don't we go ahead and offer something that will be more acceptable, that way we can actually get you the home. We're basing this on market stats, not just because I say so, but because this is what's actually happening in the marketplace. Amen. Yeah, so, you know, from both perspectives, list-to-sell price ratio matters. Now, the next item on my list is the potential appreciation or, in you know, not very many markets anymore, but depreciation. There are certain pockets that are maybe depreciating because of what's happening around them. But most of your areas are going up in value. So by how much, right? Everybody wants us to be in this big real estate boom, and by all means, we probably are on that trajectory, but by how much? So one of my clients I spoke with today, Tim, year-over-year appreciation in her market was 17%. She had a buyer who was pretty nervous about having to compete and had gotten close on some property, but was dragging her feet. So they had a conversation about the longer you wait, the more you're going to end up paying. So she could do that because she knew it was going up year over year 17%. So the $400,000 house that you would have bought two months ago, if you wait until this time next year, you're going to be paying 17% more. So if your strategy is not to overpay, buying sooner is probably the better thing to do if we stay on this path. So if you didn't know That's that, you know, you wouldn't even be talking about it if you didn't know those facts, well, Right. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's powerful. And, you know, you have to have, again, go to the MLS
2: and prove the
1: statistics. Show them similar houses, what they would have sold for last year, what they're selling for this year. You know, you can't just say yeah, these things and not, be, and not be able to validate it. And when you do, even the most analytical, skeptical buyer is going to see the fact that you're using real data, and they're going to be appreciative of the fact that, again, you're a professional. Professionals know their numbers. Remember that, guys. That's the recurring theme from today's radio show. Professionals know their numbers any kind of professional, not just in this business, but any industry, you have to know your numbers. That is what ultimately is one of the main key differentiators between you and real estate hacks. Next point, Jules.
2: That's right. So, appreciation from the uh, seller's standpoint, right? So, I want to get the most money for my house. Maybe I want to wait out because, you know, I want to be on the spring market when there's lots of buyer action. Well, Of course, to previous points, we can remind them that they also will have more competition. More competition typically means longer days on the market, and longer days on the market usually mean less price, not more. So do homes actually appreciate the longer they sit around as a listing? No, they generally do not, why? Because when you're a buyer, so Mr. Seller, we can take your seller's hat off right now, put your buyer's hat on, you fall in love with a house. This is the one. What's one of the first questions you ask about that house, when you're thinking about writing an offer, don't you how ask what the days, days on the sale. market is? Yeah, how long yeah, it been for exactly. sale, and why is it that you care? Who cares? You love the house. Let's just buy it.
1: Well, so but Julie's giving you guys some powerful scripts to use with sellers, right? You know, explain to the sellers the importance of not having a big long days in the market, or any, even anything that's unusual for the marketplace. The uh, longer the days in the market, statistically, is going to result in a a uh, non-sale or b sale for less than what it would otherwise sold for in the marketplace because, you know, listings are like gallons of milk. The older they get, the more closer they get to their expiration date and, uh, you know, they're worth, yeah, exactly. A listing basically uh, depreciates the second you put it in the MLS. It becomes less valuable by every single moment because of the fact that it's being seen as being rejected. And uh, you know these are the 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 real realities. Again, to Julie's point, if you're working with a buyer and you can explain this to a seller, Mr. Seller, listen. If you're in the position of purchasing a property and you really like it, it's checking all the boxes for you. um, You're gonna ask the days in the market, and why are you gonna ask the days in the market, Mr. Buyer? You're asking the days in the market because you're then deciding how close to the asking price you're gonna offer. So if again. Statistics matter because if you're in a situation like that and your buyer asks, well, how long has it been for sale and you tell them, like, say, for example, you're in the Midwest and you tell them it's been for sale for four months, maybe they're coming from a different market you where know, four months is like ridiculous and things sell in 22 seconds. Their perception is that maybe I don't want to buy this house. Why has the market rejected this house? So you're going to have to jump back in and say, well, the average in our marketplace is this. So it's perfectly normal. Or actually, four months is not bad compared to the average, which okay. is eight months. Some markets are like that. you know. So you guys got to know these statistics. Um, you know, the other thing that's interesting about knowing all these numbers, Julie, I mean, there's a lot of other little drill-down facts we can give these guys, but these four major mm-hmm. points are definitely the most important ones, is that when you're in line at Starbucks or at the grocery store and someone hits you up about real estate, Most agents Mm -hmm. don't know really what to talk about, so they kind of just, you know, how's the market? Which is why they don't talk about it. Yeah. Right, exactly. They stay as secret agents. But if you have statistics, if you have market information that, you know, you don't just all of a sudden start giving them the nightly business report on real estate values, Mm -hmm. but you can start talking to them about the realities of the marketplace. Well, the days in the market was this and now it's that. You know, the list to sell price ratio was this, what, now it's that. By the way, who do you know that I should be helping get their home sold to take advantage of this incredible seller's market? So now I'll tell you something else I'm seeing is um, a lot of you guys, again, dealing with sellers because that's our main focus is teaching all of you to be listing agents. A lot of you are coming across sellers that are apprehensive about knowing where they're going to move after they sell the house. So you've done a great job convincing them that this is an opportunity for them to cash out and get the most for the house. And I 100% believe that it, the market's going to at least equilibri- eat, reach equilibrium between uh, supply and demand uh, by mid to late uh, this year. But it actually could, in some markets, start favoring the buyers again. Statistics basically prove that that's already, that shift is already taking place. Um, for you doubters out there, those of you who are convinced that your market you know, is 100% selling itself and everything's selling, Go into the MLS and go, do a search back, say 180 days, and just see how many expired there have been. Now, in some markets, agents know not to, you know, they'll basically have them show up as withdrawn or canceled because they don't want other agents soliciting their expired listings. So put an expired, withdrawn, and canceled. And look at the numbers. Don't rationalize why one thing expired or don't let your personal biases enter into it. Well, that one expired because of this or that one expired because of that. Just look at the sheer numbers. So then, the next question you have to ask yourself, if the market was truly hot or and getting hotter as you believed it would, wouldn't those, have, uh, wouldn't those houses, even if they did have some issues, wouldn't those have sold already? Wouldn't every Fisbo basically be beating up uh, potential offers with a stick? So you guys get the point. The market's definitely starting to shift at different velocities. Nothing to worry about. Please don't overreact. Don't flood our emails with a bunch of questions because you're panicking about your market. But again, know your statistics. Get into the MLS, see what the trends are. That way when you're in that line at Starbucks and someone asks you about the market, you can give them the real information, not just the typical hokey guessing garbage that most agents do. They will remember you from the fa- for the fact that you were able to give them real statistical information and that was truly of value. If you were in this position of being a prospective seller and you had a conversation, you didn't have a real estate license, and you had a conversation with an agent about selling the home and they knew market stats, like we're asking all of you to know market stats, wouldn't you at least interview them for the job of selling your home, let alone just go ahead and hire them because they were so professional? I mean, Julie, it's these tiny little things that give agents confidence. It's not a lot. If There's not a difference. Like if you were to actually study, a top producing agent from just a lower average producing agent, it, they're not like 100% different from each other. They're maybe 10 or 20% different, but it's that 10 or 20% that's going to get you all the results. Does that make sense, Jules?
2: Yeah, it absolutely does because that's what makes the difference between you being the agent walking out the door with the seller saying, we'll follow up and let you know after we talk to some other people versus you being the agent who walks out the door with the signed contract. It's that extra 10, 15% that makes a difference. So knowing your stuff, you know, really what this boils down to, Tim, is being more professional when you're strategizing with your buyers and sellers. You know, there's a difference between how you handle a seller who's also going to buy when you know their house is going to sell overnight versus knowing that the average days in the market, it might take 120, maybe 180 days. Especially consider a seller who's relocating and they're going to completely opposite markets, right? So they would appreciate knowing what the strategy is so they don't end up with two homes or no homes. People don't like doing double and triple moves. Okay, so it does make a huge difference. It can be the difference between, like I said, walking away with the listing or not, getting the house for your buyer or not. It helps you strategize. So if they're building, how long is that going to take? Maybe that's the difference between listing it now and listing it three months from now so you don't actually make them homeless if they're in a market where their house will sell right away you need to have conversations that go both ways if we you know if we if we sell this weekend and it's the perfect buyer paying the price that we want and closing quickly and your house isn't built yet what's your interim plan it's better to get those conversations out of the way than when you're trying to negotiate because you guys all have little panic attacks when sellers get nervous and get a little contentious with you. Well, what causes that? The feeling of being out of control. The only way you're going to help your buyers and sellers feel like they have control, which incidentally means that they'll behave better during the transaction for you and cause less stress for you and your other clients and the other agent, is if you actually have a logical strategy based on facts. So if you want to have easier transactions and less stress in your life, especially those of you who are doing quite a few transactions at once, Make sure you know your market stats so that you're not creating things like possession date problems, closing date problems, double moves, having to rent, blowing through their down payment because they had to move twice, all of those types of things. So, you know, I think that just makes sense for all of you to know this. And all of these facts come right out of your MLS. You don't have to buy some fancy, you know, online monthly service other than the MLS you're already paying for. So last and final point, Tim, which is pretty quick, is the inventory level. makes a difference how you're going to price a house if you're the only one on the market in a relatively hot market you can probably price a little more aggressively but if you know you're going to be competing with 10 other homes and every one of them has been on the market at least 60 days you better be priced in that lower quadrant if you want to win because you've got a lot of competition so what is the inventory doing this also affects you from the buyer standpoint Maybe they miss out on this house, and it, you know it was 90 days since the last one came on the market. So that's going to be a long relationship, and that's why you would want to listen to previous radio shows about creating inventory if you're in a low inventory situation. So hopefully today we've given you some tools and some facts to know. We talked about average days on the market and how it impacts buyers and sellers, talked about list-to-sell price ratio and strategies for that, appreciating markets or not. As well as inventory levels. So Tim, any parting thoughts about knowing this kind of detailed kind of analytical stuff? I mean, yeah, it causes them to have a little bit more work before they meet with their clients. But if that means that you end up with more closings, then that makes us happy coaches, I guess is what I would say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, bottom line, guys, is that again, these little 10%, 20% things that you can implement, that doesn't take a lot of time, that makes you confident, that makes it so you won't be a secret agent, that makes it so that when you're in line at Starbucks and the conversation about real estate pops up, you have real statistics that you can interject into the conversation that makes it so people value your contribution. It's not just, hey, it's a great time to buy, it's a great time to sell. Matter of fact, you should just strike those words from your, your vernacular. because yeah, you If that's your... your
2: script, you're running out of script in about one breath, if that's all you got. That's
1: right. That's exactly it. So, listen, guys, um, you know, it's something else that we're always really proud and e- encouraged to share with you. Mojosells.com. I'm mean, just hearing fantastic. I, all of our coaching clients that are at the KW event in uh, Florida, you know, one of the recurring themes that we're hearing from all of our coaching clients was, you know what, Julie, you know, and Tim, KW agents, they're telling us, you know, they're, they're essentially preaching exactly what you guys have been preaching for over a year. You know, one of the things we're suggesting all of you to do if you're serious about becoming listing agents is subscribing to MojoSells.com. Truthfully, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here, the only real expenses that you need to have in your business is obviously your coaching and then MojoSales.com. There really are no other expenses that you have to have. All the paid lead generation, all the internet marketing, all the other, you know, long-term this follow-up and long-term that follow-up, at the end of the day... The only thing that truly works um, at the highest level consist- consistently is you when you're being coached and you're actually following through, obviously, and the tool you need to actually do the listings, go after the expireds and do that basic stuff that all of us should never get away from is definitely mojocells.com. Remember, guys, if there's anything we can do for you, I want you to request a free coaching call at FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com, FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow.